Hi, welcome to Talking About Trek. We are uh, two Star Trek fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a dating profile. We're two, we're two Star Trek. F- yes, yeah, yeah. We're two available Star Trek fans. No, I'm not. You're not available. No. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Um, I'm Sam. <laughs> uh, I've liked Star Trek for many years. Is that? <laughs> is, that is that the extent of your personality? Okay. Sam. Sam's like Star Trek as, for many years. As it pertains to this podcast, yes. Uh, my favorite series. Oh, that's a good shout. What's your favorite series? Let's let's get the, the viewers to know you. It's now it's now Deep Space Nine. It is. But for a long time it wasn't. For a long time it was TNG. But then I made you watch Deep Space yeah, Nine. Yeah, you did. And after years of Deep trying. Space Nine is, I, I will admit, a considerably better series yep. than 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 any of the other series. Deep Space Nine was Battlestar Galactica before Battlestar Galactica. It, w- it was. It was. Yeah. My seri- my favorite series is also DS Nine, um, but I love TNG a lot, and that's why segue. That's why Star Trek Picard is something that I was really hopeful for when it came out a few years ago. But the first two series have been utter shit. They're, yes. So <laughs> that was the problem. It, I guess I was very excited for it, and then it was wildly disappointing. It was so bad. But I have a friend at work who who said one friend yeah. at work who said that they actually thought Picard was pretty good, and that makes and they weren't a TNG fan. Like they kind of come to Star Trek later, which makes me think. I th- yeah. I wonder if my expectations and you know me being sort of particular about my Star Trek is clouding my vision for clouding what is judgment. probably i don't know a reasonably okay series i i I'm, let me counter that by saying i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> so like i think you're right as a, as like star trek fa- it's not for star trek fans it's like a weird kind of entertainment show that where patrick stewart kind of fucks around and does what he wants yes and that first series, I guess, was okay if you're not really a big Star Trek fan. If you're that sort of... first series was not okay. Well, <laughs> I thought that first series was, well, <laughs> was su- such a lot of I'm sorry, there's such a lot of garbage. Like there were so many things that just would, didn't make sense. And what I don't understand was is why they even felt the need to introduce this whole random AI threat. Yeah, yeah. When, when they weren't, it wasn't going to come back in season two or no, season three. Because they just, they saw Measure of the Man. They just watched Measure of the Man and went, let's just make that the it, thing. It let's just, make that it. It was, I just, it was really stupid. And yeah, I just yeah. really, like, and I know they just wanted to bring Data back. And they wanted to kind of resolve Picard and Data's, you know, relationship. And because, they wanted, you know, because, it, because Data saved his life and yeah, died, died for him, basically. Exactly. And they wanted to resolve and bring that back. But they did it in the shittest way. Yeah, they were yeah. just like, we'll have some sort of AI story, I don't know, he'll come back at the end. And I actually, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was, and this is now getting into... Let's do it. No, let's, season, let's get into it. Season three, episode Let's one. get into it. One of the things I did think was was when Riker came back. Actually, I thought it was really nice watching Picard and Riker and their relationship play out. And, it, yeah. and I reflected... When Data and Picard, and I saw that scene at the end of yeah. season one, it didn't really have the same payoff. Okay, and this is maybe, maybe let's like kind of summarize a bit of one and two a bit in before we kind of go into three. But like, so basically, I agree with you, and I think that's because Data and Picard's relationship wasn't like that ever. They weren't like in love as much as season one wanted to make us think that they were like just the, the best buddies. You know, mm. they just really loved each other. It wasn't really that kind of relationship. They like you know Picard like looked after Data and like kind of you know. You know, uh, valued him as a crewmate, but they they kind of made him, made them like these like long lost best friends who are just like, I don't know. It just it just wasn't it wasn't right. It wasn't the sh- it wasn't the show. It was like they hadn't seen TNG. That's what it felt like. But I mean, 
the main reason I don't like one and two, and my name's Pete, by the way, I haven't introduced myself. Oh, yeah, you're Pete. <laughs> I also like Star Trek. <laughs> We're Sam and Pete. We are two young fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all the new characters were so bad. Talking about like the old characters, oh, the new characters. Yeah, no, no, they were terrible. They let, were. Let's just think about what's happened. So, Gerardi, the doctor who murdered um, the guy from Ezra Man. She murdered him, <laughs> and she just kind of got away with it because she yeah. said she was insane at the time. Temporary insanity. You've got Elnor, who is like a Romulan samurai, who, but he's also like a child, and he can't he can't lie. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a character in Star Trek. <laughs> You've got Rios, who was okay. Rios was like kind of like a classic kind of Han Solo-y. He was alright, but then he's dead now. He he stayed in the past and and just like got grew old, in like the twenty first century. Yeah, and. But I thought Rios was a very generic, plain... He was... They basically took a character archetype. And yeah. they were like, yeah, like you say, it was Han Solo, yeah, but yeah. let's just not even bother. We'll just have a kind of roguish guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll be in Star Trek. And even when they had, like, good... Even when they, they stumbled accidentally across a good idea, like him having loads of holograms of different versions of himself, that was quite interesting. That was quite mm-hmm. a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And then he just stopped doing it. They just stopped it. They just yeah, didn't do it. It, it wasn't good. But, but actually what happened in season one... And, and it was a while ago that I that I watched it. Yeah. Right? You haven't rewatched was, it. No, I, I will never rewatch it. It was really, as I recall, just there was an AI threat. Yeah. The, the Talshiar were created. Was it Talshiar? Yeah. Well, it was. Created? It wasn't. It was like the Talshiar. It was that, like the Talshiar. They were like a secret kind of organization yeah. of Romulans who were like looking after. And them. they were suppressing yeah. AI because <clears> they knew that if AI went too far, we would summon this tentacle thing it was it was basically the mass effect it was, it was literally it was, effect, it was right? literally the mass it effect would come effect. in and destroy everyone absolutely and and um and because this super advanced ai data's daughter yeah 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 yeah, yeah not um, data's daughter but but it's oh, effectively data's i can't remember daughter. her name now but she's in like the second season as a different ty- character entirely yeah so yeah yeah, yeah, that, that was. And then what, that was how that that was how that finished. Yeah, yeah, because she had like had like an, oh. a, a civilization of, of androids, and then yeah, it just all kind of resolved and itself. Picard, and let's not forget, <laughs> Picard started terminally ill, and then it, and which was never referenced again. And then no. by the end of it, was then transport transferred into a new body. Yeah, so like Picard now <laughs> isn't Picard. He's a, a robot. <laughs> he's a weird. He's a weird robot version <laughs> yes. of that. Let's, and let's forget. Let's not forget as well. He's not just a robot version of himself. He's a robot who's programmed to die when the original Picard would have died. They like said, so we put it in so you're not immortal. You're just going to die at your like 90 like you would have normally. Did so like he's still going to die even though he's, a, he's an android. That would piss me off if I was, <laughs> if, Why? If, I was, if I was an android. But I was okay. really hoping they'd retcon that because like with Q, I was hoping Q with, in season two would just like click and he'd be human again because it's such a stupid storyline. And they have story. forgotten it. But that... and, season, and season two was just like, I mean, we don't even just go, I mean season two, it was a ridiculous was time a travel. Yeah. It was like undiscovered. What's what's the um what's the is it what's the Star Trek six? What's that from? That's undiscovered country. Is that undiscovered? That's but that's a good one. I'm talking, I'm thinking about Voyage Home. I think what they. they I think you're thinking about Voyage Home. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was basically just that in a TV series, and yeah. it was just it was really bad. And like Seven and Raffi, oh Raffi, oh Raffi is, <laughs> is an irritating character, and I have more to say about. I should, yeah. I still find her a little bit irritating. So what, but but the other thing that pissed yeah. me off so much about season two, because again, even after season one, yeah, I felt like. Season two, Q. How could this be not something I'd be yeah. interested in? And yet, it pissed me off so much because the stakes and the storyline were so low. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't even really make sense as to why Q was like. He was just kind of shit. around. It just they were just like, oh, I'll be cool to bring back Q. Yeah, let's not bother thinking of a good reason for why. Yeah, yeah. You know, it did. It just it was it was stupid. And 
um, badly written. So also, also John Delancey wasn't really in it. As no, well. he no, was in it for like two episodes, so and he just came back at the end. Yeah. And like, oh, just it's the, the script writing in a show is so bad. The plots were so badly interwoven. It's just a bad show. Yeah. And yeah. and I so I'm with season three. I'm glad that they wiped the slate clean a bit. But also, it's incredibly worrying that they brought all the characters back because I'm like, are you just going to ruin our childhoods? Are you just going to ruin all of the characters? Yeah. Um, I'm starting to think that this is a podcast about how much we don't like. <laughs> to be clear, we Star do Trek, like Star Trek. Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek at all. Uh, well, actually, Star Trek, it, it, again, it just feels like we're just going to spend every, every well, maybe that's complaining. Maybe that's what a podcast should be. Maybe it should just be us just hating, just hating on, on Star, Star Trek. Trek. Um, but then saying at the end that we do actually like it, really. Yeah. But I mean, so maybe that's so. Okay, so let's let's get into season three because the first episode has come out, and what we should do, let's go through the episode and talk about what happened, and we each have a a highlight, mm-hmm. a low light, yeah, a nostalgia moment, and a conspiracy theory and a revisionist history. Uh, Revisionist history. You came up with that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we, we'll get that. <laughs> I've got those four at least. Okay, yeah. <laughs> We're so prepared. Uh, and as 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 say it as it comes up, Sam. As your as your highlight or low light comes up, say it as it comes. We'll say it as it comes up. So season three opens with none other than Beverly Crusher uh, aboard the Elios, which is a very small ship. Yes. Um, seemingly in trouble she is getting attacked by some weird kind of bird-faced aliens that don't really seem to have any personality at all they're just kind of monsters and her reaction is to grab um a a pump action phase shotgun do you notice this i didn't notice it It was it was a shotgun why would they have like so when you have phases and you you just shoot them and then they 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 go and (laughs) why would you have something you have to reload it doesn't make any sense sense. uh but she took it and she and this is something else that in picard that's a bit weird is all the characters seem to be okay with just brutally murdering people like they're so so violent and then just all like that's fine yeah and like with crusher in this opening section, even though she's a doctor, she just goes up, like she goes up to that guy and just like stands over him and just shotguns him in the face him. and vaporizes yeah. him. Um, and yeah, and so the problem though is that this face shotgun isn't just a weird weapon. It also has this feature where when it runs out of ammo, it tells the entire room really loudly. <laughs> it says, it says, a, it says uh, overheated really a poor, loudly. Poor design feature so, so, in, re- in retrospect. So that the enemies know exactly when they can shoot you. And yeah. they, and that's what happened. And then they just shot Crusher because they knew she was out of but, ammo. But fortunately, yeah. even though, even though she's in what is a very small corridor and this guy seems to have this guy, well, whatever it is, yeah. the bird skull aliens, the bird skull aliens. even though they appear to have you know what can only be described as sort of a minigun phaser <laughs> they still manage to miss yeah, her yeah, as yeah. she as she sort of jumps across <laughs> grabs another weapon um, yeah, yeah yeah which was confusing to me and, but traps, anyway. and traps someone so, someone that she's clearly like is clearly an ally she traps them in another room as well we should say yeah. at the start oh, that's true. but then she gets injured she manages to overcome them but she gets fate like kind of really badly injured and she sends a stress distress signal to picard yeah which sets up the the whole kind of premise of the show and then we we know where's picard where's this weird robot version of picard hanging out now where is he he's of course at chateau picard with uh laris which is as you might remember his wife now the, i think wife or just partner like the the first the, in the yeah, first did get married? I don't well, remember that she's not the the person from the first season so she's not the helper she's the secret agent uh, like time traveling person from season two, they're different people, so it's not the same Laris. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. I I actually hadn't thought about yeah. that. Yeah. So, so so this is so now they're in this weird situation where she's back in Chateau Picard where the other version or her ancestor used to be as the helper, but now she's the partner of Picard. It's all very weird. Uh, I don't really understand what's so going. So were on. they were they romantically? I think they were at the end of last season. I think pa- season Patrick two. Stewart, I think, really wanted to have a romantic storyline for Picard. I yeah. feel like it's he really pushed it. <laughs> like... <laughs> it doesn't. I I I, t- I tell you what. I sort of finding that relationship doesn't really doesn't really play or add up for no. me. Uh, no. Or at least it does. I don't feel like they've done the groundwork for me yeah. to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so That's whenever definitely... it kind of happens, I'm just like, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and so. I mean, they've obviously quite advanced in their relationship because they're packing up to leave. He's basically retiring and they're going to a different planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this this isn't my highlight, but the Enterprise D painting was great. Love that. Love it, that painting. That, it was. Um, it was. It very was, cool. <clears throat> it was a good painting. And um, they wanted to give it to Geordi. So just like early mentioning that there are other characters coming in, obviously. Yeah. Um, and this is this was something... I've got a few... I've written down a few moments where the writing didn't make sense. So one was where... Uh, Picard is talking about how he wants to settle down and just write his memoirs, right? And a second later, he's like, oh, I don't need I a legacy. <laughs> it's like, well, then why are you writing your memoirs? <laughs> I don't want to live in the past. It I just want yeah. to live in the future. I just, have I, an adventure. Yeah, and then I also write my, my memoirs. What? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so some great writing there from the writing team. Um, but kind of later on in the scene, he hears his old uh, Enterprise D com badge, which he has in a box. Right. Um, and, yeah. and, he, and he obviously gets this message, yeah. uh, you know, the encrypted message. Yeah. And what I'm interested in is they vaguely mentioned that this is, they use a codec yeah. and they use that, obviously use that phrase. And codec. I was wondering, is that, is that a callback? Was, did they use that same, you know, codec phrase and myriad in, in an episode of TNG that yeah. I'm not remembering? So, so they kind of seem to, seem to suggest that it like, um, it's all related to best of both worlds or something, and it's all—it's all to do with that. But I don't know. I don't know what this codec thing is about. I feel like they've just kind of shoehorned it in. I'm I not don't sure. Remember that being in no. TNG, although I haven't—I haven't checked. Uh, but but I mean, and he says that like he uses the, they love a code word in this show, and it's like a code, the code word is myriad. Or which something. which which I yeah. And then he just and then he, so he, he he manages to decode the message and see it's from Beverly, and she obviously tells him to like she says this the word hellbird to him another yeah. code word and, yeah. and to not trust Starfleet so of course uh, the first thing that he does is tell Starfleet yeah. tell Riker <laughs> tell Riker <laughs> he tells Riker straight away and he tells Riker in this in this bar this like nightclub it's like a nightclub in the afternoon yes it's like a, it's it like was, a 4pm nightclub place. it was a confusing place but <laughs> we arrive at my highlight oh yes which was amazing which was Riker and Picard yes in the bar yes and as I kind of alluded to, I enjoyed seeing their relationship a bit. Yeah. You know, what felt like a natural relationship, like old friends, you know, that have a huge history. And I guess because you kind of watch so much Star Trek and watch that relationship evolve, really, like one of the best relationships, I think, in Star Trek. Like, yeah. Just evolve. It was yeah. really nice to see that. So yeah. that was my highlight. I totally definitely. get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- I, yeah, I think... That was that it they, that's one part that they nailed, and I think that's I think this all comes down to, I think that they can't really tell Patrick Stewart no. I think a lot of the time, and that's why he has a lot of creative control over the show. But I think when Jonathan Frakes is there, I reckon that that he trusts him more, and so they kind of have more a collaborative approach to scenes and things. Mm-hmm. And so I think like so I think that's why that feels more natural. Whereas when Picard is kind of with any other character, it just feels kind of weird. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's you know, I think I think it's like when um, well, we'll come on to Rafi. Uh, oh, we, we will. Well, look, I mean, so let's. I mean, so just a few points on that scene. Um, I the frontier day is clearly going to be like they have like have like a big showpiece at the end, right? This time it's frontier day. There's clearly yeah. going to be some attack on frontier day. Yeah, uh, and they're leading up to that. I love that they called the Enterprise D the fat ship. Uh, and they no one wanted oh, the yeah. models. That was quite good. Yeah, they're they're past it. That was quite good. Yeah, yeah. Just just to just so just so you know, they're old. It's in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're old. They're old news. Um, and then then the next scene, we come on to my low light, which was Raffi returning. Is my uh, low light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and agree. and uh, and one very specific part of the scene really annoyed me, which was the name Metallus Prime. So I don't know if you noticed, but the new showrunner is called Terry Metallus. And he's named the planet after himself. Terry, literally, Terry. Yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> I, just, I was like, come on. Strange. It's just, it's just so. It's just, <laughs> just don't do that. Like people know who you are, and everyone watching that is taken out of it because they've been, oh, well, he's just named yeah. the planet after himself. Yeah. Um. And so we get this 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 scene, which is just too long, which is Raffi on this planet, and we think she's fallen off the wagon, but she's actually only pretending. She's actually doing this uh, Starfleet intelligence. Because uh, someone has stolen some some technology from the Dacium Institute, which is where Girardi was in the previous seasons, um, and they might use it for a, a a secret weapon. And to make this scene even worse for me, the, the just the really kind of like just dull the clue of look for the red lady. It's so, I hate it stuff like that. It was really bad, and I was just like, <laughs> why would she have accepted that as a as valid okay. information? Okay, the red lady. All right, I'm gonna find the red lady and. And, and I just thought, like you say, the whole thing was really overdone. Yeah. With very little payoff. Yeah, yeah. And I actually thought it could have been interesting if Raffi had had been, you know, had to get, like, become a junkie and had yeah. to get looked on drugs and then she had a bit of a struggle. Like, I thought that could have been interesting, but yeah. then that was gone but that just straight away. what happened, yeah. And then all that happened towards the end of that scene was we got to see some words on a screen, <laughs> uh, which was just kind of, this is a stupid way to do yeah. to do in- intelligence. It didn't really make much sense. Also, a, a little kind of tidbit from me is that Alex Kurtzman was part of uh, Bad Robot and like kind of J.J. Abrams and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And like through a lot of stuff that Abrams has written, there's always some kind of like big red thing that they have to like be wary of or find. Like an alias, there's this big red sphere thing that they have to go and find. It's, it's, a, it's a repeating thing in his stuff. And I, and it, I think it's a little J.J. Abrams trademark they put in there. Just have something giant and red yeah. that's threatening. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly that. And that, that's what they've done there. Um, but after that scene kind of eventually ends, we then go back to Riker and J.L. Um, oh, this is and... my low light. Oh, this, this is your this low is light? This is my low light. Not, not Riker and J.L., that's okay. fine. But this bit was where they decided our plan is we will <laughs> nick a shuttle and we'll go and get a ship and, you know, we'll go and get the Titan because yep. that's my old ship. Yep. And there's maneuvers or something happening. So we'll just we'll just tell them that it's fine to yep. go and go go to a planet that's outside Federation territory. And that'll be fine. And we'll just play it by ear. They think that they can just fool the captain. Yeah. Of like, the starship to yeah. just take them to the out of Federation space. And they're just like, oh yeah, it'd be fine. We'll just work yeah. that out. Riker's and, like, do you know what? I've got this. Don't worry. Yeah. And, and it just <laughs> felt like, like they really, the writing, the writers just couldn't be bothered to come up with a, yeah. a convincing plot line or a yeah. convincing th- a sort of storyline for why they would do that. It just feels so ridiculous. Although, and they would just be like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just, so again, we'll just head towards this, there. I think, well, well, cause I always try and think about like, what, <laughs> what were the writers thinking? Why do they think this was cool? And I think, again, it's a reference to Search for Spock when they steal the Enterprise in Search for Spock. 
yeah. like the, the Kirk and McCoy, I think it's Kirk and McCoy. They um, they steal the Enterprise and they go looking for Spock. It's, it's... And this this whole thing of stealing a ship and then going to look for Beverly, it's just like a reference. But like they think that we're going to appreciate that, but it, actually it's just kind of annoying. I I just think it's <laughs> I just thought it was kind of stupid. Like uh, I don't know if they'd wanted a a ship, there probably were other ways they could have written that in, yeah. other than yeah, I don't know, we'll just show up to. Uh... <laughs> to it and see yeah. what happens you know also like i find it weird that they're still like they still find ships amazing like there, there was a moment where they like they see the starbase and they see the titan oh my God. and they're just like wow <laughs> <laughs> it's like you must see them every fucking day <laughs> yeah. you're an admiral and a <laughs> yeah. captain in starfleet yeah um but anyway it's in the neo constitution class which is like the titan a i guess yeah, which is i mean not... it's cool that they've done that yeah uh, or not cool, not cool, not into it. Yeah, no, not I don't like the name Neo Constitution. I don't like the name Neo Constitution. I don't know why. Logic, <laughs> Just, you can stop there. <laughs> lo- logically, logically, I think if you're building a ship, and and I guess I I I'm not I don't like fan service. I find yeah. fan service to be. I don't like winks to the audience. You're, I don't like their stuff. You're you're someone who uh, I I think when you when you watch stuff you find stuff that doesn't make logical sense a real problem. Oh, I do because it takes I, me yeah. out. It takes me out of the immersion. Yeah. I'm like you're just doing this to play on my mind. I don't like yeah. it when you try to manipulate <laughs> my feelings. Exploit, it's why exploitation. I, why I hated the Force Awakens. Yeah, um, and which I much, which I actually loved. Pretty, but, yeah. pretty, pretty much any Star uh, Star Wars after well yeah. that, um, but. I found yeah the neo construct just doesn't really make sense. Why would they why would they build a ship yeah. that looked like an old ship? Yeah, That's... no, definitely, I totally get that. It was almost like a weird retrofit, wasn't yeah, it? It was yeah. a bit strange. Didn't make sense. Um, I mean, but on this ship, uh, and this is another bit of weird writing. Riker says to Picard, "You'll recognise the first officer." You go onto the ship. It's seven of nine, and then Picard introduces Riker to seven of nine. So Riker doesn't know who she is or has never or has never met her. But then before that moment, he's like, oh, right, you're going to love who the first officer is like he knows her. Yeah. It's a weird bit of writing. It's a bit, it's um, weird. But she's calling herself Annika Hansen because Captain Shaw, whoever Captain Shaw is, doesn't like her referring to herself as a Borg, um, her Borg um, uh, designation, um, which is an interesting thing. Like, who is this captain? He's yeah. supposedly not very friendly. Um, this isn't my highlight, but I did enjoy LaForge's daughter being on. I, and this is fan service again. It was, it was fan service, and I'll be honest, this, this was, this was there on my lowlights. Didn't quite make it, but it was there. I, I liked it. I liked that it was her name was Sydney, so it matched up with the daughter that LaForge had and all good things. Yeah. And I just thought it was quite a good. I think it's quite an interesting person to have in. It kind of made sense to me. It would be kind of like if this was a Deep Space Nine like comeback. It would be like Molly O'Brien would be a character. It, it wrestled. I wrestled with it, and I was like, "Am I annoyed that that she's there, given that Starfleet is presumably thousands of people, and it feels like they only ever meet children or people that they used to work with?" But I think I'm fine with it. <laughs> I've made my piece. You're gonna allow it. it. Uh, you know, as long as allow she is one. a good character, I'm fine with it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so you know, one thing I did like was, again, again, the relationship between Riker and Picard. They're on the bridge. Uh, Picard asks why Seven hasn't said what warp speed they're going to go at, and Seven says that's now automated. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if that totally makes sense, but it was funny. Yeah, it was and funny, but it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because why would they well, not just say how fast they're going to go? Yeah, like. If they're not saying how fast they're going to go, they need to say when they want to get there by, so that they can measure automatically how fast to go, or something like that. Right? Well, was it wasn't the complaint? Oh, you didn't tell engineering uh, that we're going to go warp nine point nine, and because you didn't tell engineering, they're not going to be prepared for it. And 
And, and, you know, they're like, oh, now it's automated. <laughs> to which my question would be, I feel like they probably could have set up some sort of automation, but literally a message from the bridge to yeah. engineering. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, in the 24th century <laughs> at some point. You know, it probably it probably isn't a recent development, but yeah. anyway, they just it's... obviously wanted a way to have that moment between... Yeah, yeah, the... they wanted to have that little bit of banter. Oh, and I did yeah. th- I did think that the banter was like... Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was it, a good it little... It didn't feel forced. It, was, it gave it, was, it some personality. Um, and we said, shut it, Will. But, but you know great. what? You are... you are. I hadn't thought about that. You are absolutely right that <clears throat> it feels a lot more natural watching Patrick Stewart act with Jonathan Frakes than yeah. it does with anyone else and yeah. I believe it when he says sort of shut it will that it feels like there's a relationship there yeah. that I can believe which was not the case for any of the new characters and, and, and maybe part of this as well is because and this has been a, a big thing for me throughout all P- Sartre Picard he's not playing Picard he's playing Patrick Stewart yeah he's I, just playing him. himself yeah. like he's not like the fact that he likes kids now and that he's just kind of like and he, I, know, I know people he's change as jolly. they get older yeah. but like He's just playing himself. He's not playing Picard. Picard is like, just doesn't react in that way. Uh, there was one scene, there was one line earlier on where they were talking about his relationship with Crusher, where he said like, "try" is the optimal word. That was very Picard, where he was like a very subtle kind of, oh, you know, it didn't really, nothing really happened. That's Picard. Yeah. But generally in the season, he's been doing these big flowery speeches that don't really suit him. Um, and yeah, I just I don't think he's necessarily bang on the character anymore. Um, but. Uh, this this scene kind of goes on talking of like kind of kind of captains and their personalities into my highlight of the show. And I'm my, with you. Yeah, I'm I, with you that this was this was one of my highlights. I absolutely loved Captain Shaw. I agree. I think that I that whole you. scene where he just disrespects them makes total sense again because these two admirals <laughs> who are clearly off on a jolly little caper. And he can see right through it. They just want to take a ship to somewhere. And he's like, well, no, you can't do that. Like, yeah. why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Um, he, I just, I, this is a captain who is clearly very efficient and really good at his job and just doing a job. He's just not a very nice person, but that's like, doesn't have to be part of his job. He's just, a, he's just like kind of a, a very perfunctory captain. And I really liked him. I thought he was really a character. I, I couldn't agree more. He, he, I don't think we've seen that many of these characters on, on Star Trek that yeah. are just, just actually not meant to be likable. Yeah. But again, I I think I think he came across with a very valid point. It was just like, what are you doing here? You're <laughs> yeah. just trying to take over his ship. <laughs> and then when he says no, yeah, you know, yeah. I I kind of felt like, am I meant to feel, oh, how dare you say no? Yeah. You know. But actually, I was like, well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, yeah. You know, what yeah, are these like, guys doing? That's... Why did Riker think he could just come and nick your ship? That that seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> and you know, you know, now I reflect on it. Well. Yeah, it does seem pretty irresponsible that they always just used to crash, get into anomalies or whatever yeah. every single week. Although, <laughs> although I think because you're you're right that like you know a lot of stuff happened, but this whole notion of Picard being a bit irresponsible like that doesn't, doesn't really sit play. right with me. No. He was a bureaucrat. He was like he was like a diplomat. Like yeah. he was someone who was very measured, and they try and paint him out as this like like rock and roll captain, and he just wasn't. That's, that's Kirk. You know? Yeah, and and it, and it, and it, it, he wasn't that, and that's yeah. not his personality, and it, and it's strange to sort of paint him out like that. Although you can forgive Shaw for thinking he might be, given <laughs> the amount of crap that uh, you know found him. Recent recent history as well. <laughs> recent history. And also re- recent history. Yeah, just the stuff he's been you doing know, last few years. Yeah, going off on this random Rio shit. He's become quite erratic. He has. Um, one one I saw online a really good comparison was comparing Jaw to Jaw, comparing Shaw to Captain Jellico. 
remember Captain Jellico? Captain Jellico from Best of Both Worlds. He's the captain who comes in and, and like helps take over. And I think it's Best of Both Worlds. No, wait, which which episode is it? Is it um uh, the Four Lights episode? Is it Chain of Command? Oh yeah, the one who is like very strict. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, and, and he just he doesn't really see the point it's, of it's Troy. The chain, chain of yeah, chain, chain of command. command. He doesn't he see the he doesn't. Away. He's like, why is Troy here? Uh, he has and, a very, <laughs> very, very valid yeah. point, and he's and why. he's a dick to Riker as well. Yeah. Like, and and like it made sense. Um, but yeah, so that was a nice little thing. Shaw clearly doesn't like the Borg. He says like he makes a dig at Picard being ex-Borg, and considering his first officer is ex-Borg, that's not very nice. But that's clearly there's clearly going to be some kind of Borg element to the show. They keep on bringing them up. I, um, yeah, yeah, that that felt like weird, uh, weird to me, and I, I was like, okay, I don't really know why he, why he'd be like that. But maybe maybe they'll justify, you know, that. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so that was that was kind of a really good a good thing, and also them sleeping in the bunk beds was absolutely brilliant. I love that. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but then we went we we kind of switched back to Raffi, who uh, is trying who has a secret handler, and she's like messaging a secret handler, and she wants more money. She's trying to work out what the Red Lady is, all this stuff. Um. My my main kind of takeaway from this first scene is that the handler calls her a warrior. So very clearly, the handler is Worf. He will, the handler will turn out to be Worf. That's my conspiracy theory of the week. Okay. Is that I think I think the the handler will be Worf. That's a good. Just because he's that. Yeah, I mean, he's called warrior. warrior. I didn't spot that. Yeah. So that's that's a, that's that's a good, that's a good conspiracy. A little theory. conspiracy theory for next time. Um, and then we go back to uh, uh, Picard and Riker. They're in these bunk beds, <laughs> and they then get a, a, a call from Seven. And they go and see Seven, and Seven's worked out that they're, they're lying somehow. She's worked out that they're not there for an inspection. Yes. And I mean, it was a yeah. How, how could how could how could <laughs> she possibly know? know? They were so they were so clever and subtle with their plan. Yeah. Uh, which didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and not only that, she's going to put them out an airlock. Yeah. <laughs> she, she says, "I am going to put you out an airlock yeah. if you don't tell me the truth," which which is, is very harsh. They've made Seven into this badass character as well, right? That, like, that's that's something I'm not so happy about as well. She was never really that either. Um, but yeah, so she, she works out who it is and what's going on, sorry. And But despite being angry and going to put them out of airlock, she's already like sent them to this part of Federation space that they want to go to with any out any context about what they want to go there for. Yeah, she's, she's just, just done it. So it's weird. It's a very strange to, to threaten to put someone out of an airlock if they don't tell you what's going on, but you've already done what, what they asked. <laughs> It's it's very erratic behavior. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I have to say, she, and I love how I love how she basically did it because she's a bit bored of her career, I, which I, I can definitely I can relate to. I can relate to just like wanting to do something ra- radical because you're a bit bored. Yeah, but it, it, it I thought again this this felt this sort of felt a bit stupid. You know, again I don't know why Seven would suddenly have been like, all right, I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna fly all the way to this system I have absolutely no fucking idea about. Like <laughs> I can sort of see maybe she would have come and said like. What the hell is going on? Yeah. And then, fine, they would have explained to her, you know, Beverly's in trouble. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't know who she is, but she's well, in she, trouble. D- she apparently does know who she is. Oh, I guess she? they're all famous. Oh, they're all they go, to be fair, they're all famous. The cast like, Beverly Crusher. And she's like, I, I know who she is. Of course, Beverly Crusher. Yeah. So, so, so maybe that would have made sense. It's strange for her to just be like, oh, fuck it. I'll just, yeah. uh, I just fly to, uh, <laughs> to somewhere. I have no idea fly what's going the, on. The entire crew, put the entire crew in danger, maybe. Um, and the best thing about this, and like this is this is the most arguably the most ridiculous ridiculous moment of the of the episode. Captain Shaw is just asleep. 
he just he's just asleep and while he's sleeping they very quickly go to the edge of federation space like yeah. they're just like sneaking around it was just a really smooth ride they just like sneak around I and like that. oh and, I, and it made me wonder like <laughs> it also made me wonder like how long how big is where were they and how big is federation territory because i'd always sort of imagined maybe it took them sort of on the order of you think you know, a, a day? Yeah, a day, yeah. Or something to get there. But... So is this a part of Shaw's character we so, don't know that? He, he's, 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 he sleeps a lot. He's got, mar- he's got he's, narcolepsy. He sleeps a fuck time. Shaw has narcolepsy. This is why he's so grumpy. Yeah. He's really tired the he's whole time. He's really, really tired. <laughs> um, he's asleep. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of that kind of was a bit weird. And then they, they steal a shuttle. Shaw wakes up and does the whole, ah, oh, you've got away with it. And it's like, okay, yeah. all right. I mean, uh, to be honest, again, I'm very sympathetic to Shaw. I'm like, yeah. you... you you have literally just disobeyed my orders. You've flown us all the way here for no fucking reason. Yeah. Um, I would be you don't really, even know what's here. I would be really annoyed if I was how, sure. How wildly <laughs> irresponsible is yeah. that? Like everyone, everyone's being a dick in this episode apart from Shaw, despite what everyone thinks. <laughs> Shaw, Shaw, Shaw is actually the hero Shaw of the show. The hero. Shaw is definitely the hero of this Shaw show is, so far. He's, he's the only person who's actually doing something right. He's acting responsibly. Yeah. He's acting to say, you know, to safeguard his crew. He's a Starfleet officer. He's He's good. Yeah, everyone I, else, everyone else is wrong. Yeah, sure is sure sure. I'm rooting for sure. Captain Sure should get his own series. I would, I would watch <laughs> it. I would, I love, I'd love that. Yeah. Um, and so you know, you know, they, they've got to where they need to be. They're now on their way to see Beverly. Yeah, yeah. We then cut back to Raffi again, Ugh, and more, she's she's more, like more Raffi. She's furiously googling the Red Lady. She's just like, what is the Red Lady? Is it a, is it a a play? Is it like a is it a vegetable? She doesn't. She's like googling everything. She cannot work it out. And then she suddenly goes, "Oh, it's a target because oh, oh because the the terrorists stole the weapons. Maybe it's a target." That yeah. that wasn't the first thing she googled. That was the last thing she yeah, googled. Yeah, she was. It, it, uh, this this again was just like back to Raffi, back to this sort of relatively boring storyline <laughs> where she has to work out what's going on and just kind of getting a, kind of a little bit of overacting with Raffi. I think maybe she like just like it's probably a hard character to play because you're in a you're in a franchise which is like. So the characters are very usually quite kind of stoic, yeah. and she is a completely crazy erratic character. Um, but she eventually realizes that the Red Lady is actually a statue of, of Rachel Garrett. Do you, you you must remember who Rachel Garrett is. No, do you not? No, who was Rachel Garrett? Rachel Garrett was the captain of the Enterprise C. Oh. So in yesterday's Enterprise, the cap the the, the ship. Remember the ship uh, Enterprise yeah, yeah, C yeah. blew up, yeah. uh, defending the Klingons in in the timeline, which prevented well, prevented them going to war with the Klingons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's actually a statue of Rachel Garrett, which is which is quite a cool reference. Um, I don't know why it's a really stupid, big, dumb red statue though. It's really stupid. Why would it be? It's a weird why red would statue. It be red? Why would it be red? I don't know why it would be red. It looks like a bit kind of like an eighties. Like I don't know. It's it's very strange. It's like a matte statue as well. Yeah. It's like a weird. Like a... Like almost, almost like they almost like they didn't have a lot of money to, <laughs> to make the statue. <laughs> and, like they uh, ran out of budget. They ran out of budget <laughs> to make this statue, and they were just like, oh, fuck it, we'll just yeah. Shit statue. And it was I, I I had to look like go back and check where this thing was. So this was in District Seven, I guess on Metallus Prime is where it happened, I guess. Right. This terrorist attack. Um, so, so it was on Metallus Prime, because that wasn't I super think so. clear where yeah. exactly. It just says District Seven. Right. And I was like, was it back on Earth or was it on Metallus Cause Prime? I assume I assume it's because dis- the, the the districts were seemed to be a feature of whatever planet that was. Yeah. So I guess it's not an attack on yeah, no, but it's sense. I guess it's on a, on the Starfleet uh, property, I guess. And what did they what did they blow up? 
so they it was like a it was like a Starfleet base or it was a some sort of Starfleet training and they facility, just, right? They just portaled it and then and then dropped it on the rest of the city. Yeah, which is quite a quite an in like um, in, an in, interesting it, way of well, well, it's an interesting way yeah. of destroying it. Feels you know fundamentally difficult <laughs> and inefficient. But I don't know. I guess if you can like create a fa- like a phase shotgun. I guess I get yeah. I guess if you can create portals, yeah, that that could work. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like a portal weapon, right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Again, it feels like just a uh, nuke, you know, would, yeah. would would work just as well. It feels like they could have done this a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a much simpler way. But um, hey, you know, it was it was it was nice seeing the whole thing fall in. And fall exactly, in. it was it was a bit. That's where that's where the budget went. It wasn't on the statue. It was on that. Yeah, it was on that. That's thing. where they had, they had the they budget for that, scene. for that statue left. Um, and Raffi like is at the end like losing her mind because she's been trying to stop this yeah, stuff happening. She's, she's fucked up. Yeah. Um, good old Raffi. Good old Raffi. Back, back with a bang. And then we go back to Picard and Riker, who have found Beverly's uh, ship. There's a lovely, lovely and a bit more banter between them, where uh, Picard says, uh, are you enjoying this? And Riker says, of course not. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Which is a lovely little bit of banter. That's a lovely bit of banter. Good a bit of banter. Um, they go onto the ship, and Picard <laughs> immediately recognises that it's a, a mixtape that he made for Beverly years ago. Did you, did you catch this? No. They go onto the ship, and he goes... Oh, this is this is uh, one of my uh, playlists that I made for Beverly when we were like like basically when we were courting. In he said in lieu of in lieu of roses and flowers, he made her playlists of weird old timey music. I gotta be honest, that doesn't that doesn't sound like something <laughs> Joe Luke Picard would do. It doesn't he'd lend her a book? He'd, he'd he lend, would absolutely lend her a book. He'd lend her a tome. He would lend her he would lend her a book of poetry. <laughs> yes, and he would yeah. he would highlight perhaps a couple of poems. Yeah. About, about duty and honor. Yeah, like I like these poems. They're, 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 yeah. the, st- the structure of these poems is very impressive. The form is pleasing to me. As yes, your form is pleasing to me. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that would be it. That would be the line. Yeah, he wouldn't go. Here's some weird, like, kind of dancey music from the 1940s. There you go. Off you go. Um, weird things. Weird notes are kind of coming on. Yeah. Um, but they they're going around the ship and. Uh, Riker gets accosted by this this other person on the ship. Yes. Um. And you know they and go. Here's our revisionist history. Oh. Uh, well, here's my here's. A, I mean, this is Beverly Crusher's son. Yes. Apparently. Yeah. Um. But when did Be- well? I mean, I mean, I guess it's more potentially more of a conspiracy theory. Yeah. This very obviously uh, put in place. Exactly, yeah. You know exactly. Uh, you, you know we we see who it is and we're not sure who is who is this Beverly Crusher son that is not Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Um. And I and I guess it's Picard. Well, right. Well, it feels like it's, it feels. It's hard to know, and I guess so. So my revisionist history actually is that it's really stupid that Beverly wouldn't have spoken to the rest of the cast for 20 years. Yes. That would, that would just not happen. She's not just going to, I mean, there must be some reason, I guess, but like, it's just a, it's a really jarring well, thing. Well, I thought the reason is, is not the reason she just, she was pregnant with Picard's child. I guess. And now she doesn't want Picard to know because she felt, uh, here's, here's my, here's my Ooh. conspiracy. Ooh. She is, she's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be stupid, but yep. I think it's going to be like, <laughs> she felt guilty about, her husband and Jack, so she didn't feel she could face Picard. Yeah. So she's cut them all off. Because she's still got Jack Crusher's belongings. You see at the start. Yeah. Of the so she's decided that it was a huge mistake, and she yeah. doesn't ever want to see Picard again, and she can't bear to see not only Picard but any of them related to them because it all reminds her of her betrayal to her husband. To Jack Crusher. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. <laughs> I had a weird thought about this, 
And because I was was looking at this guy and I remember there's one episode of TNG where an actor plays Jack Crusher. It's like a, a, I think if Picard imagines him, uh, but you kind of see what Jack Crusher looks like. And he looks like this actor. And I was wondering if there's some weird time travel thing where it's actually a young Jack Crusher. Or there's some, because you've got to remember, this is Picard. It's never going to be a straightforward storyline that makes sense and is emotional. There's going to be some weird, a completely out of nowhere thing. So what if like it's a, a time travel element? It is actually Jack Crusher, or it's an alternate timeline son that wasn't Wesley, and, and it's where where Jack Crusher lived. And I, it's like I know we're going to do hopes and concerns. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's a concern. That is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a solid, solid concern. Well, that's, if that happens, <laughs> maybe there's so that, that obviously let's get on to that. So the end of the sh- the end of the the show is a big claw ship because and it, and this this ship just looks kind of like a rip off of what was in a Star Trek 2009 with the Romulan yeah, big mining ship agreed. just another big claw ship yeah. and it's like okay fine it's obviously an evil ship yeah. it's got claws the most yeah. evil ship <laughs> yeah it's, it's like closing it's, in on the to be fair it wasn't like black and green which no. is the normal you know evil very evil true. claw ship yeah. but it was it was bejeweled in colours but it was still it, it, yeah, was, it was still, still evil. it was still evil looking um, well that, that and that was the end of the episode um, first of all You've got five bars of gold press latinum. How many uh, out? How many bars do you rate this episode? Oh, uh, <laughs> hmm. I'm going to give it a a sort of hopeful three point five bars out of la- out of five out of latinum. Out of latinum. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that's not how rating works. Uh, yeah, three point five. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I could be more precise, it would be it would be in. It would be towards four. I I actually, for all I've complained about it, I I did enjoy it. I liked I like Captain Shaw. Yeah, big big plus there. He's gonna come back apparently as well. Yes. Yeah. And that was a big a big sort of plus for me. Yeah. And generally, I liked the episode. There were bits and pieces where I thought mm, not so sure. Yeah. But it we will, you know. I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it four bars. Okay. And the reason I'm giving it four bars is because I think this might be the best that we get for the season, going on the first two because it the last, the first two started okay and then just went downhill. You mean in season in season two? Season two and season one both Agreed. started Agreed. okay and then just really tailed off. Yes, I think. But also, I think four, maybe four just gets four for me because I did enjoy Picard and Riker, and I did enjoy they they it showed promise this episode. There were bits that were actually quite good. Yeah, even though it's still got the stupid bits as well. So I'll give it four four latinums for now. Um, I will yeah. say this is definitely I'm much more hopeful about this series now than I was before before I watched episode one. I feel yeah. a lot more positive. Do you know what? Four, yeah, four, four is probably fair. <laughs> Three point five is fine. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's all good. I'm coming up to your level. Um, and uh, I guess like to finish off with, just I want you to give me and I've got one too. One hope and one concern for the the next episode right. or the next uh, going into the season. It, it's tough, but my hope is um, more. More Captain Shaw. Yeah, uh, I want to see him take a sort of good role. And I and I'm going to give you two concerns. Ooh. One, my one concern is first of all that uh, they will start to make out Captain Shaw. Captain Shaw will just become an impediment, some sort of villain that they have to get round. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and the second is that, as in season two, this will degenerate into some sort of caper uh where they have to go back in time yeah and fix jack crusher you know, you know, yeah. save jack crusher or, yeah. or something like that something stupid that essentially means that 
you know, we will leave this context and we'll go do something and then we'll yeah. come back and it'll be the same. There'll be like four contexts before we get to the end of the, yeah. the episode 10. I, I, I hope that doesn't happen. That's entirely fair. I think my hope is that the they stick the landing with the other new characters coming back. So you've got Geordie, you've got Worf coming in. Uh, Troy will come back at some point. I just want it. I just want them to do well. I want them to, to not make it silly. I don't want them to like all have very weirdly dramatic, like oh my whole family died and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And we had a terrible time. I want them to just be kind of older versions of the of the old characters, and so it just doesn't take it too much out of context and make it too dramatic and weird. Um, that's my hope that that goes well. <clears throat> my concern is what's my concern? I think my concern is that the the show will just like like kind of what we've been saying the show will just go off in a weird direction um and there won't be any consistency between episodes like we'll go into the next episode and sure won't matter anymore and um seven of nine will just decide that she wants to quit starfleet and completely change what she's doing and then you know just there'll be lots there'll be just no narrative thread through the series that really that's really my concern and i think given the first two seasons that's probably going to happen but we'll see what happens with that yeah i mean i think i think there's absolutely a risk that it becomes uh, an action sort of space yeah. drama a tng you know, a tng uh, film it, it, you know like season two felt like a romp yeah <laughs> and there was some time traveling <clears throat> there was a bit of fun and then it was just done yeah uh, <laughs> that's and, literally it that was and, literally it and, and, and it felt a little bit well, I hope it doesn't become like that I hope this is a because this is the last season right yeah yeah, yeah. A, yeah this, this is, is it this is it this is it so this is this is the chance to give you know Picard a, a reasonably good send off and I, I, I think that one thing another concern I have is that they're going to pointlessly kill off one of the main characters because they're just how are they going to avoid themselves yeah. how are they going to be able to stop themselves doing oh, that's that that's a good question who's going to die which I, character's going to die I reckon it's Riker because yeah. I, I reckon they're not going to kill Picard. Because I, I reckon Patrick Stewart was a happy ending. So I reckon they're going to kill Riker off. I hadn't really thought about that, but I now agree with you that they're probably going to kill someone. Well, who do you who do you who do you reckon? Who's your bet? Uh, I could I could I could I could I oh I think I agree with you. I could see it being Riker. I could also I could though see it being Picard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I could see him dying for duty or honor or something like that or. Probably, you know what, dying for dying for his son, which we, which I, I believe, you know, obviously Jack Crusher, this, this new Crusher son, he'll be dying for him yeah, or something. Something like that. That, that makes total sense, actually. Um, and we'll, we'll go up with the films where uh, Kirk, in the in one of the earlier films, has his son David, and uh, that's the whole storyline. And they love the films. They love they love ripping off the films. So. Mm. But yeah, so that's episode one. Um, we're kind of cynical about it. We're kind of hopeful, but um, we'll be back uh, next week to dissect episode two. Yeah, it was less talking about Trek and more just complaining about... <laughs> whinging about Trek. <laughs> whining whining about, about Trek. Whinging about Trek. <laughs> All right. Uh, say goodbye, Sam. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>